0: Hey, what's up everybody, and welcome to episode four of College Football Pod Talk. I am your co-host
1: Easton. And Josh. And remember, reach out to us at collegefootballpodtalk at gmail.com. So we're gonna start with the game recaps. We're gonna go and we're gonna jump into the Ole miss Kent State game. First half of my game was slow. We had some weather delays as well. During the second half, I saw what what I thought could be the best two plays back to back. My wide receiver Lodge. Jumps over a defender, stiff arms another one, runs for an additional 15 yards on the ground. Next play, my wide receiver, DK Medcalf has a one-handed TD catch. I, these wide receivers are just incredible to me. They, there's no end to their game. Their game, is it's like a highlight every play. Uh, my quarterback, Jordan, also had 442 yards in the air. Scotty Phillips with with 112 on the ground and a 38-yard TD catch. Give him the nasty whiteout belt. If you don't know what that is, we call it the championship belt. My my guys are amazing on offense. Defense showed up as well. Uh, Seven sacks, 15 tackles for loss. I like the way my defense played. We just need to play that way against SEC caliber teams.
0: Yeah, I think I, I agree with you. It's it's the defense that's holding you guys back. But once you guys get all that together, your offense is unstoppable. I think you guys put up a crazy amount of numbers. It's just a matter of stopping the opposing team.
1: I agree with you there. What what about your boys?
0: Well, my Cougs suffered a tough loss down at USC, 36-39. Uh, to 39. Our Cougs looked really good uh, early on in every aspect of the game. Gardner Minshew and the offense was just shredding the USC defense. We had zero turnovers. 3-for-3 three three on fourth down. Our defense did really well at tackling also. The only thing I can really complain about was our, our, our defensive backs weren't turning their heads, which kind of caused some pass interference calls and kind of hurt us later on in the game. But overall, I think we did really well against decent USC team down at USC but it was just a matter of finishing. As a whole, I think our Cougs looked much better than they did in the past. Playing a complete game, I guess you could say. Uh, but overall, Gardner Minshew played really well. 37 for 52, 344 yards in the air, two touchdowns. Aesop Winston, one of our wide receivers, was had six receptions for 143 yards and two touchdowns. Both Borgie and Williams had a rushing touchdown. On the other end, uh, USC's JT Daniels, the true freshman, he did pretty decent, but what you'd expect as a freshman, he had some lulls. But he ended the game with 241 yards and three touchdowns between Pittman Jr., Vons, and St. Brown. But uh, my Cougs look good overall. Uh, it was just a matter of that blocked field goal. We uh, we just couldn't hold it down in, with the special teams.
1: Anytime I can root against USC, I do root against them. I was definitely pulling for your boys. I wish they would have put that field goal in in the last second to uh, tie it up and then take it to overtime and win. But- yeah. Yeah, it
0: was it was tough, man, and I'm not gonna blame the game on one play, but there was a suspect call, no call of targeting on uh, Minshew, and it, it it's ironic because the guy who hit our quarterback actually was suspended the first half of our game because of the targeting penalty uh, last game.
1: Those are the breaks. Sometimes, Just yeah. Sometimes you get the breaks. It's rough. Um, so we're gonna stay with another Washington team. Uh, Washington and played Arizona State yesterday as well uh chris peterson just has these boys ready to play
0: yeah i expected more from you dub but they came out with the win overall and i guess the w's a w browning played pretty well 15 for 22 202 yards and three touchdowns it was a back and forth game Uh, browning actually had both or two of his three touchdowns in the first quarter and then just it was it was kind of a slow game back and forth if you like defense then it was a great defensive game for you Um, but overall it was just kind of a slow game, but, you know, the Huskies ended up pulling it out.
1: I agree. Herm Edwards needs to work on his offense a little bit, kind of get that offense clicking, Uh, but watching this Washington team, it's going to be fun watching them going forward to see if they can play themselves back into the view of the Final Four, trying to make that Final Four.
0: It's just a matter of finding that secondary player, you know, I think... uh Miles, yeah, thank you, Miles Gaskin. I think is he's he's the main target for that team, you know. But they had a little bit of a Tay Jones out there doing well. They just need that dominant second force for them to you know rely on.
1: Yeah, they got some work to do if they if they want to if they want to move forward. Uh, Another great Pac-12 game was Stanford and Oregon. Man, this game, I it wasn't exciting at the beginning, but it turned out to be a great game.
0: I think it was my favorite game of the night to be honest with you. I that that game was awesome. It lived up to the hype, you know. It was the game of the day on college game day or whatever. Uh, but yeah Stanford ended up stunning Oregon at home 30 uh, 38 31 in overtime.
1: Comeback victory in overtime.
0: Yeah, they, yeah.
1: They were down big. I, I was about to turn the game off. Stanford was down so big.
0: Yeah, it was I, the score was 24 to 7. That's a crazy thing. Oregon came out strong with the first TD of the first two drives and then Stanford answered back with a ba- uh you know jump ball with their tight ends. You know their tight ends are always good at Stanford. Their
1: tight ends like 6 7. Guys huge
0: yeah and then the second half oregon running back that so this was one of the craziest parts of the game one of the oregon running backs looks like he's rushes rushes in for a 13 yard touchdown but his foot hits the pylon and he's out of bounds at the one yard line so they end up taking it back oregon gets down to the one yard line they get stopped two times, and then on third down, the center ends up snapping the ball over the quarterback's head, and then Stanford scooping and scoring. The game initially could have been 31-7, to but ends up being 24-14. to Ends up being a game-changer and bringing Stanford back into the game.
1: Turning point in the game, uh, no doubt. Turning point in the game.
0: One thing that actually, I think, really hurt Oregon was, was clock management. They were still up. They were up, you know, three points to end the game, 59 seconds left. All they had to do was run the ball out. Stanford only had one timeout. So what they do, they run the ball, and the uh, the Oregon running back decides to reach out for the first down and fumbles the ball. Guess who ends up getting the ball?
1: Stanford. Oh,
0: Stanford. Yep. So Stanford ends up tying the game and brings it into overtime.
1: Got to secure that ball. Uh, you don't win games if you have a lot of turnovers, that's for sure. Well, Stanford still got the victory, so you guys are looking good uh, as of right now on Stanford's end.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: Uh, so we're going to go to the Big Ten with Nebraska facing Michigan. You know, we kind of just put this game in, in here because we, were, we wanted to see how Scott Frost would do against competition. Scott Frost is getting made fun of by fast food chains. Wendy's is making fun of Scott Frost. Scott Frosty? Man, oh. that is... It, it, you know, things are just getting bad for him in Nebraska. They need to, they need to get a win real quick.
0: Like we talked before, is that they want this instant impact from frost and that's not gonna happen in the Big Ten, obviously. You know, you're playing quite a bit of talent. You know, when you're down at a UCF, don't get me wrong, they play talent, but it's no Big Ten talent. So it's 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 quite the difference when you go up to playing the big boys.
1: He's playing better talent and facing better coaches. Yeah. Big Ten has some great coaches and uh, and Scott Frost can still become one of them. His ten years early but we'll, we'll see what happens with him and Nebraska moving forward.
0: It's just a matter of patience, I think. You know, I think people want that instant turnaround, but patience, people, patience.
1: I agree with you. So we're going to go forward with Wisconsin and Iowa. There's not much to say about this game. Wisconsin Wisconsin kind of handled, took care of business. Alex Hornenbrick had 205 in the air with three TDs. Jonathan Taylor had 113 yards on the ground. It's going to look like the... Uh, big Ten West is going to be playing through Wisconsin this year. Wisconsin took away the Heartland Trophy. Wisconsin just doing what Wisconsin does.
0: And that's running that ball hard. You know that O line is 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 big. Those are some big boys. I I don't know what they're feeding them in Wisconsin, but they're they're holding it down for that O line and you know making it easier for uh, Jonathan Taylor to run through those gaps.
1: Yeah, they they seem to have their their M O. Run the ball, play defense, win it. Win at the offensive line. Yeah. If they can make it to the Big Ten championship again, uh, I I like my odds if I was Wisconsin. So
0: next game, uh, I think this was a big surprise. Number 17 TCU versus Texas. Texas ended up ending that four-year losing streak versus TCU. What do you think about that game?
1: Man, I just get I get surprised by by Texas every other game. Um, I will say. Texas just needs to stop playing Maryland. They play Maryland, they lose. And and then I'm like Texas is out. Last year Texas lost to Maryland. This year Texas loses to Maryland. Quit playing Maryland.
0: <laughs> Maryland's not a bad team this year. They're actually doing pretty well. If I'm not wrong, I think they're about I think they're 3 and 1 this year. So, you know, they're 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 uh, standing up for themselves this, this year.
1: Texas has turned their season around with two big wins over TCU and USC. Those two big wins, Texas, maybe ma- be making some waves.
0: But are are you ready to hop back on that Tom Herman train, or you think it's this is a this is a fluke? Or what are you thinking?
1: I want Tom Herman to coach a full season and win games. A full season. I'm tired of these these Maryland losses for Texas.
0: Is this the second coming of Mac Brown?
1: It's it's gonna be tough. Texas has got a lot of good coaches. Uh, so the state of Texas does. So we'll see what Tom Herman could do because he's got he's going to have a tough off season as well with recruiting and everything. Yeah, definitely. Another another great Texas school is Texas Tech. They beat Oklahoma State. This this game I predicted this game as a shootout. Uh, it was not not even close. <laughs> Texas Tech did hit the turbo button in the second half half and lit up Oklahoma State forty one to seventeen. True freshman Alan Bowman had 397 in the air with two TDs. Texas Tech looks real good. They've looked real good ever since that week one loss against my old Miss Rebels. Uh, but, you know, Texas Tech, they're playing for the Big 12 championship. They And if, the way they're playing, they can get there.
0: Yeah, man, it's it's. They looked really good. I, I'm I'm starting to hop on this young coach train. Younger coaches kind of relate to these players a little bit better. McVeigh is and you know the Kingsbury. So guys like that that are just like dominating so young. Like what what do you think it is that 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 helps them?
1: They they just must relate to these players more. These young kids want to go to the. They gravitate towards these young coaches. That hip, cool. Kingsbury wears sunglasses from time to time. This guy's like a cool cat.
0: Yeah. I think he brings that swagger that those young kids like. So I think that kind of helps them. And, you know, they they, they buy into that.
1: You, you still can't get over some old coaches. Some of the old coaches are the best coaches, like Nick Saban and the SEC. Just like Bama crushing Texas A&M. Not even a game. Not even a game.
0: Yeah, man. It, it was bad.
1: <laughs> Same with same with Florida beating Tennessee. Tennessee had six turnovers. That's Ooh. not a game. Uh, Tennessee's got some work to do. Lots of work to do.
0: Yeah, the SEC—it's uh, very hit or miss right now. You know, the teams that were stand out not even three, four years ago aren't even on the map anymore.
1: Well, it's just crazy to me because Texas A&M played so good against Clemson and then looked like bums against Alabama.
0: Yeah, it's it's very wishy-washy. You never know.
1: And then another game that was a blowout was Georgia versus Missouri. Georgia just always playing team football. I cannot pick a star out on this Georgia team. They just always play team football and look great.
0: I'm pretty sure they just have a dice in there and they roll a dice and they throw in whichever running back shows up on that dice because they they run by committee. I don't think they have one solid. I think Holyfield kind of leads the rush, but not even him. They they have a running back by committee, and you know there's not one star player on that team.
1: And Fromm looked good as always. His numbers don't blow you out of the water, but he gets you a W.
0: Exactly, and that's what you need. People get so stuck on statistics, but when a W is a W, that's all that counts at the end of the game. And if he's bringing you guys to a national championship, be happy with what he's doing.
1: And he, he they that Georgia defense was able to hold Drew Lock uh, Drew Lock. You know, he put up numbers, but nothing superb. Um, definitely. Georgia definitely crushed it. The game of the week in the SEC was definitely Mississippi State versus Kentucky. Kentucky got the victory 28-7. The running back, Snell, had 165 on the ground with four TDs. I'm rooting for the cats, man. These cats, are they are impressing me.
0: Kentucky is now a football school. Put it on the map not just basketball football ladies and gentlemen
1: 2 and 0 in the SEC since since for the first time since 1977 their D line was incredible to me Kentucky man i'm i'm telling you root for Kentucky watch Kentucky play
0: you got you to gotta be a firm believer in these Stoops brothers, you know, the Stoops everywhere. These guys, they, they know how to win. Stoops to come into Kentucky and change the program and winning in the SEC. It's not like you guys are playing some bum teams. You guys are doing really well. So, I'm I'm really rooting for uh, Kentucky also.
1: You have any other games that you wanted to bring up?
0: Let's see. Well, we do have that Oklahoma game that uh, ended up in OT. What did, did you end up watching that one at all against Army?
1: Man, win it in OT against Army. I that's not what I expected of this Oklahoma team. I expect Oklahoma to go in and win by 43.
0: Army's always been a well-disciplined team. You know, so it's a matter of them being able to stay consistent and you know, I think Army did an excellent job on, you know, just maintaining offense.
1: I agree. You know, and just just to point out uh, some other I'm going to say conferences that look bad. ACC old Oh. Old Dominion beat Virginia Tech. Um, unbelievable to me. Uh, what did that quarterback have?
0: Yeah, so get this, everybody. So Old Dominion started their backup quarterback. His name's Blake Larusa. He threw for 495 yards and four touchdowns in this upset versus VTech at Virginia Tech. This This was, nobody saw this coming. I think this was one of the biggest upsets,
1: right? Yes, sir. It was a huge upset.
0: It was, it's unbelievable, and you were kind of hyped off that uh, Virginia Tech initially. So, uh, was, how are you feeling about them now?
1: Man, I was claiming them as the next ACC champion. <laughs> <and> I was <laughs> jumping on the Virginia Tech bandwagon. Well, I fell off hard as a <laughs> bad call on my part. Another, another ACC team, Boston College.
0: Ooh, lost, yeah.
1: Lost to an zero three Purdue team.
0: Yeah, I think AJ Dillon has officially uh, lost his Heisman candidacy or even being in contention. Uh, he was a no-show. He he didn't he didn't play very well. I'm pretty sure he had under 100 yards rushing. And you can't lose to a Purdue team who's 0 and 3. It's 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 just not no, not what you want.
1: That's not good for the ACC. It looks like the ACC is Clemson and Clemson alone.
0: Exactly.
1: So let's go with some players of the week. Who who'd you have?
0: Well, we just finished with them. Blake LaRusa, the backup quarterback for Old Dominion, who threw for 495 yards and four touchdowns in the upset in Virginia Tech. And then I have JJ Taylor, running back from Arizona, who rushed for 284 yards on 27 carries, just over 10 yards a carry. So for Arizona, I think we have a new rusher. Let's Maybe we should start uh, running it with him, huh?
1: Hand the ball off. <laughs> Hand the ball off. That's what Penn State does. Penn State handed the ball off to Miles Sanders. He got 200 yards on the ground with three TDs on 22 carries. If if they can get a running production like that after losing a first-rounder from last year's team, Penn State's going to get even scarier. I, th-
0: I think they'll be okay without Saquon.
1: Yep. And then... Other my other player of the week is the UCF quarterback Mackenzie Milton, 6 total TDs, 3 rushing, 3 passing, 306 yards in the air, also led the team in rushing with 81 yards. Here's a fun fact. He's from Hawaii. How, how many quarterbacks are from Hawaii in college football?
0: If I was a coach right now, I'm recruiting middle schoolers in Hawaii right now and getting them ready to be my starting quarterback in 2030. That's all I'm saying. Because this is ridiculous is how these, Hawaii, these quarterbacks from Hawaii are producing and doing really well, you know.
1: They're, they're taking over.
0: Yeah, it's, it's bizarre, and I, I'm not mad about it. You know, new faces of the quarterback position. I do have one other player of the week, and I'll probably get crap for not bringing him up. Uh, it was Dwayne Haskin for Ohio State. He went 21 for 24, 304 yards, and five touchdowns. Granted, it was versus Tulane, but they did end up playing very well.
1: Yeah, at Ohio State, you know, you could always pick – Pick a player from Ohio State to put in put in your player of the week too though.
0: That is true. It is true, but he you gotta give him credit. The man he's he's phenomenal. We'll we'll see how he does moving forward.
1: Yep, yeah, I agree. He's a he's a young talent and he looks good. Hell yeah. So let's go into the games to watch next week. We're gonna start with the Pac twelve. Uh I'm gonna go Colorado, UCLA. I wanna see if Chip Kelly starts out 0 4.
0: It's it'll be interesting to see. Uh, I think Colorado, they you know, Montez, the quarterback, is coming back and or is back and has been doing pretty decent. Their defense has been pretty consistent. I think Colorado's gonna pull this one off and uh, give Chip Kelly his 0-4 start.
1: I'm I'm rooting for Colorado just because I want to see Chip Kelly go O-4.
0: Yeah. <laughs> the next game we have is number 25 BYU is hosting number 10. UW. Now, I'm I'm going to go ahead and call this an upset. I don't know if many people would call it an upset, simply because BYU has been showing up for their game. So I think BYU is going to upset UW this week. Not just because I'm a Coug, but just because UW first has been playing very slow on offense. And BYU has been playing pretty tough. So I think they're going to end up beating UW.
1: BYU beat a Wisconsin team, uh, a tough Wisconsin team. Washington lost a tough game already to Auburn. Let's let's see what happens. I'm I'm gonna stay with Washington just because I'm gonna root for the Pac-12 in this game. I think the Pac-12 needs more victories if they want to play themselves into a Final Four position. But we'll see what happens.
0: Don't make me look bad. Not rooting for my <laughs> Pac-12 now. I, I I love my Pac-12 and I'll root for him. But I think BYU is gonna get this W. Who who you
1: got? Who you guys got next week? Who's who's Washington State have?
0: We are hosting the great Utah. Uh, I think it's, it's going to be a good game. I think we will come out with that W also. It, it'll be ch- challenging because Utah is always a tough team. Every year uh, they end up upsetting a few teams here and there. So I think uh, we'll end up coming out strong. Our defense ho- will fix our problems at the secondary. But from there, you know, we looked strong throughout the whole USC game. So I think we're going to come out strong again versus Utah at home.
1: Yeah, I would I'd would pick Washington State in this game as well. Um, and then next game we got Oregon and Cal. This game is on the map just cuz Cal's 3 and 0. Oregon lost last week for the first time this season. I I would pick Oregon uh, 100% in this game. I think Oregon's got it. Uh, the big game of the week in the Pac-12 is definitely that Stanford Notre Dame game.
0: Yeah, I I agree with this, but People may be upset. It it is a ranked game, 7 versus 8. Stanford at 7. Notre Dame at 8. But I think Stanford is going to beat the brakes off Notre Dame. I I love how we hype up Notre Dame every year. This is their year. This is their year. But I think Stanford is going to come out strong and dominate this game. I'm tired of seeing Notre Dame on my TV screen. And I think my Pac-12 is going to come out strong. Bryce Love is going to rush for... I say 150. I'm predicting about 150 from Bryce Levin. He's going to take the top contention at Heisman after this game.
1: Pump your brakes. Notre Dame might have found a quarterback. Uh, that's what they've been lacking the past few weeks. Ian Book took over last week, had himself a game, put up 56 points against against a Wake Forest team. I know it's Wake Forest, but still scored a lot of points. Uh, you, you said
0: know. you said it yourself. It was versus Wake Forest. No disrespect, but you know I got no, Stanford. They're 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 a good team, and the way they came back versus Oregon, you got to commend that. I don't I don't see Notre Dame hanging.
1: It just that could be a fun game to watch. Top billing for sure. Uh, let's move on to the Big Twelve, where we got uh, West Virginia and Texas Tech. Can I call a shootout in this game? We didn't get our shootout last week, but let's get the shootout this week. Will Greer, Texas a Texas Tech quarterback, Allen.
0: I think it'll be a shootout. You know, I think both teams love to pass the ball in general. And Texas Tech put up numbers this past week, so I think West Virginia has to come out strong, or they're going to get upset by West or by Texas Tech team, who's going to be slinging that rock.
1: I agree. It's going to that should be a fun game to watch. If you got your TV on and you like scoring, watch that game.
0: Moving on to the Big Ten, we got Purdue versus Nebraska. Reason only reason we're bringing this in is to see if Scott Frost finishes or starts the season zero and four now. So what do you think? Is he is he going to finish start zero four?
1: I'm I'm not going to lie. I'm rooting for Purdue just to see him go zero and four.
0: Yeah, I'd, yeah.
1: Is is that, that might be mean to me? But I, I want to see more Wendy's Wendy's <laughs> tweets coming out at Scott Frost.
0: Well, who knows? Maybe Wendy's might pull. A, you know, uh, if if Scott Frost wins the game, everybody gets a frosty. Oh.
1: Scott Frost win the game <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh man that's hilarious next game we have on there is Northwestern versus number 19
1: Michigan do we have an upset alert I I don't know I Northwestern always has a good team they're they're got a great coach. It's, it's tough. I would, Michigan has too many players, though, right?
0: Yeah, Mi- Michigan got depth. They ended up putting in their second-string quarterback, McCaffrey, and he started balling out. So it's just a matter of uh, if Northwestern brings their A game, you know, no turnovers, no mistakes, uh, and just has to play A-plus football because a team like Michigan, you can't have mistakes because they will take advantage of it.
1: Is there any other Big Ten games?
0: We actually have probably the biggest Big Ten game of them all is number four, Ohio State, visiting Penn State. I think Penn State is going to get demolished. I don't even think it's going to be close, to be honest with you, just because Penn State, they, they've they been playing this comeback game these past few weeks. You know, it's you can only come back on so many teams, and uh, I don't think Ohio State's that team you can come back on.
1: You know... Penn State had their scare already. Penn State's playing better football since that App State game. Penn State has played legitimate football, and they look good. Uh, I don't know if Penn State has enough has enough to beat an Ohio State, but this should be a great game.
0: Ohio State D-line itself should win this game versus Penn State. How dominant they are up front. Yes, Penn State got a good line, but that, o- that Ohio State D-line, they're, they're there for a reason.
1: Trace is going to have to have himself a game if Penn State's going to win.
0: Oh, he'll be scrambling like Russell Wilson.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to go on to the ACC, which ACC is not looking too hot. Uh, first game, we got Virginia Tech versus Duke. Duke's 4-0, and and Virginia Tech just lost to Old Dominion. I mean, is Cutcliffe going to be 5-0? and what, Where are
0: we at right now? We've we got basketball schools like Kentucky and Duke being under like, – being the undefeated teams, where, where do you ever hear that? Oh. You know, those those were like the joke football schools. But now we got, you know, teams like Duke being 4-0. But, you know, Cutcliffe, your boy from yep. Ole Miss, he's been running ship up there and changing things up in Duke.
1: You know, Cutcliffe's a great coach. I, I'm going to root for Duke in this one just because I like Cutcliffe.
0: I think, I think Virginia Tech's actually going to bounce back and uh, give Duke their first loss.
1: Another ACC game, we got... Clemson versus uh Syracuse. Syracuse beat beat Clemson last year. Uh both teams are 4-0. This one hopefully will be exciting. Clemson Clemson's probably gonna take it though.
0: I, I hope it'll be a competitive game because there's nobody that's going to compete with anybody or with Clemson in the ACC right now, what it looks like. But uh, Syracuse has been looking really well these past few games. We'll see how how that game turns out. But I think, you know, Clemson, like like most of those top 10 teams, have a lot of threats. So it'll be nice to see. I'm sure they'll split the quarterback uh, with Lawrence and Bryant. But that dual quarterback threat itself is scary. So. It'll Cle- be hope it's hope hope it's a good game.
1: Yeah, Clemson definitely is a scary team to play. I don't I don't think I want to ever play Clemson. No bueno. Uh, so we're gonna move on to the SEC. Ole Miss is gonna play LSU, and uh, for that we're gonna take a minute to pray. Moment
0: of silence. Uh,
1: hopefully my boys show up. I need my defense strong. Um, it's gonna be a tough game. There's nothing else to say about it. It's a tough game.
0: Oh, these Tigers. Oh, these Tigers—they're—they're they're gonna show up and show out versus your boys. I—I'm sorry, um, they're gonna put up some numbers. Well, some numbers.
1: <laughs> hopefully, Ole Miss can put up more numbers. Uh, I don't know. I'm—I'm I'm just praying. I'm praying. Uh, another. This is. I think this game is gonna be hostile.
0: Oh, buddy.
1: Florida Mississippi State. Dan Mullen going back to coach against Mississippi State at in Starkville. That's going to be a scary game for him.
0: Yeah, can you imagine the hostility that's going to be in that building when it's, he comes back home,
1: quote-unquote? It's going to be loud. <laughs> Mississippi State's going to be ringing their bells. I, I'm pulling for Florida, but I don't think Florida's going to have it.
0: Really? Florida looked pretty good this past week. I think Felipe Franks is starting to get you know get his feet under him, and the team's starting to look like a hole again. They're actually starting to look like a Florida team. A good Florida team, not this year's Florida teams.
1: I just think that Mississippi State, after that loss to Kentucky, Kentucky is going to need to show up and show out. I agree. The last game we have is the South Carolina versus Kentucky. I already stated it. I'm jumping on this Kentucky bandwagon. I'm rooting for Kentucky. I'm pulling for Kentucky. I just, I'm, I'm wearing blue for Kentucky. Well,
0: pump it, pump the brakes. And, you know, I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, but I think Kentucky's going to take their first L in this game. Also, you know, I think. Benny Snell is who they need to stop. And when they stop Benny Snell, they stop that offense. The quarterback, he is a rushing threat, or excuse me, a running threat. But I think Benny Snell is their offense, you know. So if they can stop Benny Snell, which that South
1: Carolina D I think can do, they'll give Kentucky their first loss. Well, don't forget that Kentucky also has a defense. Kentucky can play a little bit of D. They showed it against the Mississippi State team last week. This is going to be an exciting game to watch, an exciting SEC hard-fought game. Yeah. That's it for this week. Reach out to us at collegefootballpodtalk at gmail.com. We want to hear from you.
0: Yeah. Peace.